Hello, I'm Angela. And I'm Marie, the second half of this mother and daughter team. Welcome to Chalker Checkups. We're here to guide you on your quest for spiritual knowledge and enlightenment. Hi, how are you today, Mom? I'm good. How are you, Angie? I'm good. Today, I want to get more into your chakra readings and the importance of body energetics. Can you tell us what made you start doing chakra readings? I started doing it. I had been doing healing work on people, and I started getting requests from people that were unhealable. People that I considered when they came to me, I was the last of the last resorts. I had some friends that were doctors and they said, you know, can I send this person to you? Will you check them out and see what you can find out? And I began to realize that a lot of the answers to what they were looking for was in their chakra system. I mean, it was in their body, but it was really in their energetics. And oftentimes it was not physically diagnosable, but sometimes it was easily energetically diagnosable and sometimes it was so easy to solve on a energetic level that it looked like a miraculous cure right so this person's having physical symptoms but it's not coming up on any test and you're able to see it and then come up with a solution or a plan to make it kind of start healing instantly Yes. And over time, I wound up working for many years with uh, um, three doctors, one clergy and uh, one psychiatrist very closely. And I had a steady stream just from, you know, those individuals. Most of it was on a very confidential basis. They, some of them didn't want any of their other clients to know they were sending people to me, but helping them mainly diagnose and cure uh, people that they had been working with and were uncurable. Yeah. Uncurable and, with Western medicine. Right. You know, and many of their patients would say, why didn't I come to you first? And I said, would you have? And they'd say, no. Actually. Right. Cause you kind of have to go through all of the options and things. And when it's not being solved by that, then you start looking for the other solutions. Exactly. And they wouldn't have listened to me. But by the time they were out of options, they were willing to listen to about anybody. So they're down to me. <laughs> but then they're down to you and they're like, wow, this is, this part makes a lot of sense. Exactly. So how does something that you see in a chakra reading relate to how someone would feel it in their body? Well, chakras are, you know, just like your brain you have a brain and you have a mind and something that's in your mind can actually give you a headache your chakra is an energy center that is associated to your body in the spiritual and in the physical it's a lot more attached and connected to physical than modern science wants to admit and chakras have a lot to do with thought forms and what we believe to be actually true and also things that have happened to us that have caused us to have beliefs like if you're you know hit by a bicycle and you broke two bones you might be terrified of bicycles and you decide that bicycles are extremely scary and you don't want to be around them and that would be a thought form that you hold in your consciousness now, that's not true. Bicycles aren't scary, but they're scary to you. And you hold that in your chakras. Those things show up in patterns. Sometimes a person will have things like that, and those things are causing them problems that they don't even realize it. How could being afraid of a bicycle cause a problem that you're not realizing? Well, if you have a fear, a great fear, if it's dark enough, it will actually take energy out of the chakra if you have if that becomes so large that you don't want to go out of the house but you don't know why it is maybe you forgot about it mm. you know 
then I come along and I go, well, well, wait a minute. This looks like a fear. It looks like it happened when you were four, you know, and the person will say, well, nothing happened. I, and then I'll sometimes I'll say, it looks to me like you fell off a bike, you know. We go back and we can find that and we can correct that. And then it, it's gone. Mm-hmm. And the energy's gone out of the chakra. That releases. It goes away. Sometimes in their chakras, there's a trail to something that caused a physical damage that they've completely forgotten. I had a young man that came to me and he was so sick and they just couldn't figure out what was making him ill. And I'm looking at his chakras and I could see a disturbance and I could see that it was disturbing his lungs and it was disturbing different chakras. So when I was able to focus on the energy, I got a picture of him on a, on a bicycle in a white cloud behind a truck. And I said to him, I think that your illness has to do with you being on a bicycle in a white cloud behind a truck. Does that make any sense to you? And he says, oh my goodness. So when I was a kid, when they were spraying DDT, that made a lot of clouds. Mm. And my brother and I liked to drive our bikes behind it because we were like, we tend to be <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> I said, well. That would do it. <laughs> The half-life of DDT is 25 years in the body, unless you do some major detoxing. And so he started on a regimen to get DDT out of his body, and he began to feel much better. Wow. So no one was finding that. He didn't remember, really, that connection until I saw that in his chakras. You know, we got it out, and it was, there you go, a miracle cure. I actually didn't cure him. I just found the link that made him ill right and i don't recommend anybody ride their bike behind a ddt truck (laughs) so for people that aren't really familiar with the chakra system can we go through them there's seven systems right yes yes each chakra pertains to a certain part of the body your crown chakra has to do with your mind your mentality, your spirituality. Each chakra has a male and a female side. You know, the the male side is more masculine in nature. The female side is more feminine in nature to some degree. So the crown chakra has a lot to do with how you connect to your thinking mind, the way you process thoughts, the way you embrace uh, the idea of spirit, God, how creative you are, how you find inspiration in your mind, how you embrace learning, learning ability, things of that nature. It's very common for people that are psychic to be much more on you know, one side and people that are very analytical to be more on, you know, their more oriented on their masculine side of the brain, more connected to their, their knowledge base and people that are psychic, more connected to their intuitive. Is that kind of similar? uh, Like saying someone is right or left brained. Most people use one half of their brain more. Right. Exactly. And And so that's that same idea shows up through your energetic chakra system. Exactly. And people that are, told that they're bipolar actually i've seen that they actually have developed a pattern of not wanting one and i could see this when i do chakra reading one side of their brain would not want to talk to the other and the angel showed me an exercise that they could do that would go around this and i had a few friends close one very close friend who she couldn't actually go out of the house her bipolar problem was so difficult for her and I showed her this exercise it took me about 10 minutes to show her to her and it it basically cured well she was never really cured from it but she could manage it without any drugs or anything and basically became 
able to live her life more like more or less like a normal person. Whoa. So what's the exercise? It was very simple. It sounds very strange, but it actually works very well. Instead of trying to go back and forth with from left brain to right brain, the angel said, just take think of your thought form as a body of thought and run it down your body across your feet and up the other side so you take your creative thoughts you like if you put them in a little basket you take them down your body you go across your feet you take them up to the other side of your brain you breathe that in then you take your thoughts from your analytical side take them down uh, across your feet and up the other side and anytime you're feeling anxious or depressed you just do this exercise until it, it it evens out Okay, so it's just kind of a different way to think through your thought forms that kind of tricks the brain into not having an anxiety attack or get stressed or anything. Or reactive. It's very simple. It's very easy to do. And it really worked well. Everybody that I have had with me that had bipolar was able to do this exercise and said it worked. Nice. Yeah, and it's just a different way of thinking. So I can see... Yeah, easy solution. <laughs> <laughs> Very easy. Beats beats prescription drugs a lot. Yeah, especially when they usually come with so many different side effects. But bipolar, um, a lot of people that were say they're bipolar don't look that way energetically, and some people very much look that way. So okay. I can look at it, and there's actually a kind of a red line down, and it and it just looks like the thoughts just don't want to cross that line. They don't want to integrate so the person is flipping one in their one side of the brain and they're very active and then they flip into the other side of the brain and they just don't want to talk to each other the two sides don't want to talk to each other and that's what it looks like in a chakra reading when i'm i'm working with somebody with that kind of a problem all right so and then what other things have you seen in like a person's crown chakra what's kind of common to see there Well, it's common to see a lot of color, and it's very interesting in all of the chakras. Today, in 2022, there was a lot more color in all of the chakras than there was 30 or 35 years ago. And I think that's because people are more intelligent, they're more engaged mentally, they are more sophisticated, they're seeing more color. You know, when I was a child, we only had black and white TV. Right. So now there's color in everything. There's color in everything. If you want to paint your house blue, you can go and there are a hundred shades of blue to pick from. And I think what's happened is that so people in their lives, they're like, I don't want to just be blue i want to be cobalt blue with some sky blue with some turquoise and they have become very sophisticated about how they think of themselves and that is translating into the chakras so instead of just seeing a chakra as you know on those charts they'll say well your crown chakra is purple well I rarely see one that plain. I'll see gold and green and sky blue and turquoise and silver, just a lot of color. And it seems that the more spiritual and the more sophisticated, intelligent the person is, the more vibrant their chakra is. Okay. And you've also told me that in a lot of people's crown chakras, sometimes people have jewels. Yes, yes. If people are very uh, evolved and they've had many lifetimes as a spiritual medium or teacher or shaman or things of that nature, they will develop over time objects in their crown chakra that are like power objects. Some of these will be jewels. Some of times they have um, golden objects like a gold pyramid or a Merkaba, which is a six-pointed star or something of that nature. And these things are not something they got in this lifetime from being a good boy or girl. These are things that they got over hundreds, you know, dozens to hundreds of lifetimes. 
from being a developed, attuned spiritual being. So when I see that, I know I'm, I'm talking to and dealing with somebody that has a great deal of power and actually a great deal of um, attainment, spiritual attainment over a great deal of time. Okay. So that's the crown chakra. The next one is our third eye. Yes. The third eye is interesting because, you know, we know we have a mind and we know we have a brain. We know we have an eye, but we never think that most people don't even believe they have a third eye. They think it's just some mystical thing that doesn't exist. And even people that are psychically aware, I tell them they have a, a third eye with a good amount of abilities available to them. And they're like, okay, well, I'll try to think about that as being a possibility. <laughs> right. We're just not trained. We're trained to think of the third eye as some mystical, maybe Egyptian thing that sort of might be there, or maybe it's on the top of a pyramid or something, but not really belonging to us. Where actually it is an integral part of the way our system works and almost everybody is using their third eye in their life, but they're less aware of it than they know. Almost everybody dreams and anybody that lucid dreams has lucid dreaming is now engaging their third eye. And what's the difference between a lucid dream to just a regular dream? Well, an average dream might be kind of a fuzzy, disjointed kind of a story that doesn't make sense and jumps around. When you translate into a lucid dream, you're suddenly, everything's crystal clear. It's in technicolor. You have a level of consciousness all of a sudden. You know what you're doing. And you might even know that you're dreaming. Okay. That's a lucid dream. And they're hard to miss because you'll remember them even sometimes years later. Whereas like a normal dream, you probably won't remember. Yeah. You might wake up and said, that was a weird one. I don't know what that meant, you know. Um, Right. Or be like, I... I know I've had dreams where I woke up and I'm like, well, I really want to tell this person about it. And then 30 minutes later, I can't remember anything about it. Right. A lot of times those are just, those dreams are just a lot of a conglomerate of many thoughts that you've had during the day and things that have happened and you're kind of sorting it all out in your mind. But that is not a lucid dream. Lucid dreams are kind of unmissable. Okay. So, but that's a function of lucid dreaming is a function of a more highly functioning third eye. Remembering a past life is a function of your third eye. A lot of times there are people that they don't seem to need any training to know how to do things. And they don't even think of it. They just, oh, yeah, I know how to put together a piece of furniture. I know how to do this. I a natural mechanic that's because they're picking up skills from past lives and they don't even have much awareness of it but that's because they're picking them up from either past lives or they're just reading them in the akashic records Mm. and what are the akashic records there's a bank of kind of all knowledge in the universe it's called the akashic records and Really, anybody can access it with training. But a lot of times, very intelligent people will just get kind of quiet sometimes when they're needing an answer. And you can see them, if you're, if you're close to someone like that, you'll see them just kind of go into a quiet space and they sort of phase out. They phase into another dimension. And then they go, oh, I figured it out. You know, your third eye isn't just because you're spiritual. You don't have to have a connection to God to have a third eye. Everybody has one. So if you have a strong desire to learn about jewelry, you might connect to information about jewelry through the ages. If you have a strong connection to mechanical and attunement 
that we have with a kind of a vision. More like a desire to know more about a certain thing. Yeah, it's more like a lens that you can, you know, like just like a camera that you can dial it to a certain optical way and you're going to get a particularly sharper picture or, you know, a wide angle picture of what you want, a pinpoint. Wow. That's what they said about some of the great, you know, like Einstein and Benjamin Franklin. They'd take these mini naps and they would come back out and have answers. Because mm, they were so interested on solving a specific problem. Right. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah, that's fascinating. No, I've done that. I one time was doing a wedding ring with someone. I did. I actually did jewelry from memory of a past life for 27 years. I, I had taken nine steps over graves backwards in a dream, and then it got all in color. And I remembered being a jeweler in Switzerland. And then after that, I was able to do jewelry. And I did very sophisticated jewelry. I did wax carving, diamond setting, platinum work, antique reconstruction, enamel work. And I did it for jewelers for 27 years. At one point, I was setting a channel set ring that had multiple stones in it. And the packet of stones I was given, the diamonds, weren't well cut. So they weren't fitting together like they would if they had been very high grade diamonds. So if you have 45 or 50 stones and you have to put them in sequence if they're not well cut, then the multiples of possibilities of them going wrong, it's like a huge math problem. Right. And I would get towards the end and then I'd have like 20 stones that just wouldn't fit together. And I kept doing it, setting them and trying to set them and trying to set them and it just wasn't working. And then I just went into this altered state, laid them all out and this went, this one goes here, 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 here. I did it in 10 minutes. Wow. Again, it's just like you just kind of phase out, let your mind go, let your third eye take over. Boom. And they all fit perfectly and looked great. You know, I thought, why didn't I do this two days ago? Same me <laughs> two days ago. <laughs> well, like you said, you have to go through all of the other options before you get to the one that works. <laughs> exactly. The third eye also has to do with clairvoyance and also telepathy and everybody does telepathy everybody does it yeah I remember when I was younger me and you and grandma were sitting around a table and I thought something and then I think grandma responded to it and you confirmed that I said it out loud and I definitely never did yeah that's that's because we the three of us are so telepathic I always say to mom, your mind is mush. I can say anything and it'll go right into your head (laughs) or think anything. (laughs) But that's why a lot of times people say, I just don't get a good feeling about that person because that person is thinking that they don't like you or they're thinking things about you that they shouldn't be thinking. And you know it and you're picking it up and, uh, but you just don't acknowledge that because you you have this idea that you can't read thoughts. Mm-hmm. I think if everyone would admit and acknowledge that every thought that they have is being picked up, then they would start to be a lot more honest and also kinder. How can you tell the difference between picking up on someone thinking negatively about you and then that being your own negative thought? Well, if you're not actively thinking that you don't like somebody, then it probably is coming from the other person. I mean, you don't unconsciously dislike someone. Dislike is a strong emotion, and that has to be generated consciously. So you know if you're not liking them. Here's, you know, I don't like her, you know, she's a bitch something of that nature you know you're you are generating that if that's not happening and you're getting an aggressive feeling coming from that person yes you may react to that but 
there's a very, you know, 90% chance that is coming from that person. That is not coming from you. Mm-hmm. You're not likely to be generating a feeling of dislike when you have no thoughts of dislike. Mm-hmm. When you're thinking positive thoughts, you don't generate negative feelings. So then that's often someone kind of sending a negative thought in your direction. Yes. More than you generating them. If you yes. Yes, definitely. I try very hard to never think anything negative about anybody. Right. And if I do think a negative thought, I immediately say, no, I want to bring that back. I'm not going to put that out there. You know, excuse me. I'm sorry. I want that thought form back. (laughs) Because it's not a good idea. It's not good for your energetics. But that, again, is a third eye thing. Sending out thoughts like that, doing telepathy. That's part of your third eye. And then what's after the third eye? That's your throat chakra. That has to do with your ability to communicate, your ability to be creative, your ability to be heard. I know a few people like that, for sure. (laughs) There are many, many people with uh, throat chakra problems. I'll have someone with near perfect chakras, but almost 90% have some problem in the throat chakra. People just don't believe that they can say their truth and, and they have difficulty saying their truth. Yeah. We're not a society that's very big on the truth, honestly, um, which is a sad thing. Well, or just communication is a really hard thing to not offend somebody or create the, the right selection of words to be able to communicate what your thoughts are in an effective way without offending someone. This is true. Interestingly enough, sometimes advanced people spiritual people will have in their throat chakra a crystal or a sphere or a gold star something like that in the center of their throat chakra and those people naturally attract attention the general public will go to those people for advice they don't see those things like i see them but their spirit sees them so they'll just assume that that person knows what they're talking about and they'll just go up to them and say you know tell me about this or that or what do you think I should do in my life or should I I'm going to the park should I take the south road or the north road you know because they sense this object in their throat and when people that have those objects in their throat chakra do speak up they could speak up in a crowd and someone could be on the podium and everyone will turn to them hmm I have something like that in my throat. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but I'm pretty sure it's there because people will say, you know everything. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty clear that I don't. (laughs) I've actually had, I actually had one time someone stop on the side of the road and get out, her and her husband, and ask me about an antique. I know nothing about antiques, but they said, we bought this and we think you should tell us about it. And, it clearly wasn't an antique and I explained to him it wasn't antique and why it wasn't but that wasn't any great knowledge of antiques but when they were walking away she said see she knows everything (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even know I didn't even know how those people knew me I did honestly didn't remember them from anywhere but but I think again that's just uh probably a crystal that I have in my throat chakra that they're recognizing and it gives you this sort of authority and people have done that most of my life too from the time I was a small child come up and start asking me things that I'm supposed to know right (laughs) sometimes I have an answer sometimes I don't I don't have any problem telling people I don't know I think it's a bad sign anytime someone can't say that because then you're in trouble because you're probably going to get a lot of bad information. Well, they say some of the smartest people in the world will say that they don't know more than the people that claim to know a lot of things. I read when I was in my early teens and in there, a yoga had quoted, he said, it didn't matter what you believe because you're wrong anyway. Right. I always liked that. Yeah. (laughs) I found the more I, the more I have learned and the more I have looked at things 
even the things I really believe strongly have evolved over time and I've seen them differently and I've understood them more. So I've even changed things that I thought I had down pat. I've changed the way I see them, the way I believe about them over time. So the yoga was right. You know. Yeah. The more that you read or learn about one topic, the more you can absorb it in your brain each time. So that's kind of why they go over a lot of the same things in school. Like I think I took some of the same courses in history throughout, you know, grade school, several, several subjects over and over and over again, because your brain will absorb just a little bit more from learning it the first time. Mm-hmm. Well, then we move on to the heart chakra. Of course, is where you circulate, and it is your heart. And, you know, it's interesting. I mean, your physical heart actually does respond when you have a more loving feeling. Your physical heart responds better. And, of course, people, when they have no love, they have difficulty. They'll get high blood pressure. They'll have more heart difficulty. Your heart chakra is where your love generates from and people that have a tremendous amount of love in their heart, their heart chakra will turn gold. And I'm, you know, jumping down a little bit in chakras, but when you have sacred sexuality, if you're truly in love with somebody and you have uh, sacred sex with them, you actually will be inside the heart chakra. You and your partner will be inside the heart chakra in a sphere of molten gold and breathe together while you're having intercourse and unite in an explosion of white light inside the sphere of the heart chakra. So the heart chakra is about ultimate love, divine love and healing love and people that have, what does it look like if, uh, someone is in love or not in love in their heart chakra people that are really in love their heart chakra is gold if they're in love and it's romantic their heart chakra often is gold and rose color Mm. so if they're you know they're the type i remember one man he said i bring a rose he had been married for over 45 years i bring a live rose to my my wife every day because i wake up every day and i still love her Wow, that's so sweet. And he'd been doing it for 45 years. I think we could all use a man like that. <laughs> the florist could all use a man like that. The florist for sure. But men, if you're listening out there, <laughs> these are some guidelines to live up to. <laughs> well, and his wife, you know what? She never got bored of that. She was always so touched that he, at some point in the day he would come to her work or come through the door with another rose it just it was melting her heart it really was I mean it's hard to not love that kind of devotion back Um, right and then you know I mean but if someone's just a little bit loving their heart will be or you know they're loving they're genuinely loving their heart will be green but if they're not they're not loving at all then that color won't exist in their heart you know and it might be just kind of a dark blue or just you know, some other color or just very, very weak, a weak color, you know, and they're striving to. And if they're really a hateful person, they may just have red or black in their heart chakra, which is very sad. But usually when someone has very, very dark colors in their chakras, if it's black, they'll get sick because if they have very, very negative things and they're holding, like, I really hate people and I don't love anybody or something like that Mm -hmm. that will suck all the energy out of that area of the chakra and you when your psychic immune system gets weak your physical immune system gets weak and then you start to lose energy in your physical part of your body and then you start having problems heart attack high blood pressure cancer something like that goes on but if the problem is more is, is a thought form and it hasn't become too serious in the physical, you change the thought form 
and the physical gets better right away. Okay. So you just have to kind of change your mind around those ideas. Many, many people. I've worked with many people over the years that had serious problems. And I said, this is a serious problem. And this could kill you. But if you change your mind, you'll get well. And literally, it was about a 50-50 split. About 50% of those people said, well, damn, I'm changing my mind right now. And they did. Yeah, and I think for me, it seems like, okay, well, if all I have to do is change my mindset and I can get rid of all of my health problems, I would much rather do that than go to a doctor. So, (laughs) Well, and the people that did, they did get well. And some of them, record time. And the other half, some of them said, well, I really do hate those people and I would rather die than change my mind. And they didn't get well. Right. And that included my own uh, stepfather. He actually adopted me, so my dad. And then he turned to me and said, what do you think will happen? And I said, I think you'll die. And he said, so do I. So let's go get a donut. You know? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's exactly how we felt about it. And there's nothing I can do about that. And what happened to some of the people that changed their minds? Like what kind of illnesses did they have and what did they do? I knew one woman had serious pancreatic cancer. They said she was not going to live very long at all. She got completely well. I knew one woman, she had serious uh, stomach cancer. When she was cured I said what did your doctor say she said they say I'm in denial and I've been in denial for six years now (laughs) Um, my mother had uh, breast cancer in her 70s she's 93 now I've known I've known a lot of people you know it just there's a long list Sounds easier said than done to just be like, well, I'm just not going to have cancer anymore, but then actually truly believe it and have it work. Like, how does someone adapt that mentality? Well, it's it's something that you have to find in your heart, a change of heart. People will say, I had a change of heart. And that's actually where it comes from. It comes from because in a way, the the, the seed of spirit, the healing energy is in your heart chakra. It's where the heart energy, you know, you may have gold in your crown chakra, but the healing energy in your body is in your heart chakra. So when you open that up and you open up to the possibility of healing, you can heal. And people say, I had a change of heart. And that's exact, and they're saying exactly what is accurate. They had a change of heart in their heart chakra. Cha-ching, cha-ching. I've, <laughs> I've changed, I've changed gears, and my old agenda wasn't useful anymore. And I'm going to heal. I've had, I had a friend that was in the hospital with MS. She weighed less than ninety pounds. They said she was going to die. She said, "Nope." I'm changing my mind. I'm getting out of here. She went home. Well, had someone take her home because she couldn't even walk at that point. She said, I know exactly what I need to do to heal. She set up this kind of difficult routine, but, you know, it was something that she made up her mind was what was going to heal her. And when I knew her, she was years later, she was doing great. Yeah, I've. I feel like I've heard that a lot. Anytime doctors will give someone, you know, you have six months to live. And I think that kind of shocks some people sometimes where they're like, well, they don't know what they're talking about and I'm going to do something different. And those are typically the people that end up living well past their expiration date given to them by the doctors. Although there are some people they'll say, yeah, I'm going to take the doctor's thing and it's going to heal me, you know? Uh, right. Um, uh, your grandmother said, you know, they told her she had cancer and she was taking her, she said, well, I'll take the pills and I'll get well. And she was taking her chemotherapy with straight vodka. And I said, you know, you can't take chemotherapy tablets with vodka. And she said, it says liquid, you know, (laughs) take it with liquid. (laughs) 
<laughs> and, but, and, and it's going to cure me. And it did. I mean, she was determined that that was it. And that's what it would take. And she'd make her well. And it did. You know, I can't argue with whatever anybody believes. One thing I know, never contradict what someone knows is going to heal them. Whatever they say it is. Because if that's what they truly believe where that's probably going to be the thing that works. That's going to be the thing that works. Some people do fine with uh, regular medicine. Some people do fine with uh, flower essences. Uh, some people do fine with homeopathic medicine. Some mm-hmm. people do fine with just no medicine at all and going on a health food regi- regime, you know, green food. It's, it's really what, when they have a change of heart, and they feel what they really need and in their heart they know what they need and they do that some people it just they suddenly go to prayer whatever it is their heart chakra changes in that instant and they know they're going to heal and they heal and that's amazing i love the idea that we can control what happens in our physical body just by changing our mind and changing our heart that's how we work that we are we are physical beings but we are also dynamic energetic beings and that's why i do chakra readings because people have things sometimes in their chakra system and they are unaware of it and i think well if i give them this map and say this is where you are and this is what you can do to improve it improve your chakras improve your life yeah i love that so the next one is your solar plexus And your solar plexus is your material world. And people have so much stuff about the material world. And this is where you get into belief systems that just run amok everywhere in every direction. You know, I'm not worthy of having money. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm all of these things. So on one level, people are trying hard to make a living. On another level, they're constantly saying in their mind they'll never will or they never have enough or they're sabotaging themselves with bad you know financial decisions or whatever and a lot of that when I do readings I look at their third chakra and I go this is like an isometric exercise them working against themselves 24 7 so that's where all our core beliefs about ourselves get stored is in the sacred all your core beliefs about what you can have in the material world. Okay. About whether or not you can have, you know, a house and money and uh, whatever you want in the material world. And what people don't realize is what you have in your material world is whatever you want, whatever you believe you can have or whatever you believe you deserve. And so people will maybe go on a path to achieve something but their little voiceover is really saying you don't deserve that or you shouldn't have that or you you moved with your wife to florida but you really want to be in montana you know so if you're if you don't align everything with where you're trying to go then in your chakra system it's going to be a different than what you're trying to achieve in your material world it's going to reflect what's in your mind and what you're constantly saying in your little voiceover is what's going to go into your chakras if you're in a job you hate that's going to go into your chakra and that's going to reflect and i look at that and i'm just it's all it's all red it's all frustrated or it's suppressed and so you can't achieve what you want to achieve and of course, that all sets over the intestinal tract and the liver and the stomach. And so then a lot of people I'll see have inflamed intestinal tracts and inflamed stomach and livers. Okay. Then the next chakra is the second chakra, which is about creativity, but also sexuality that's another chakra that can become very complicated because people, when they have a relationship that breaks up, they often hold 
for long periods of time a lot of feeling and decisions about relationships and those get stuck in their second chakra so although they have a desire for new love and relationship in their second chakra they're holding ideas like i can't trust those people be it men or women i'll never be safe in a relationship Uh, relationships really cost me a lot that last time i don't want to do that again whatever those thoughts are those thought forms will get stuck in our second chakra and what would that look like it would look red a lot of times red anger sadness Uh, sometimes it'll look dark blue dark blue uh in a chakra is suppressed or depressed energy a lot of times when i see dark blue it's a kind of I give up like what's the what's the use it's not going to work anyway so I don't want to try um if someone's really figured like if they've had a really bad time they'll sometimes they'll have a black line it's like I'm drawing a line I don't you know I don't like women but I'm never dating another man you know something like that (laughs) (laughs) you know really I'm you know I've had it or something like that I know, or it could go the other way too. For I'm not just t- picking on men, but you know, it'll it'll both ways. Um, but people just get upset and they're hurt, and they'll hold it in their in their second chakra, and that's why I try to teach people. It's like you can have issues, and you can be angry, and even it can be justified, but it actually is not necessary to hold it in your physical body or in your chakras. And I try to tell people to think about the person that you're angry with or the issue and and just say, I'm not willing to have that in my physical body or in my chakras. I'm sending that energy back to you. You know, thank you for sharing, but no thank you. you know, mm-hmm. Not in a hateful way, but just I'm not willing to have that here. More I, like I am mad at this person. Uh, and that feeling is okay, but I'm not going to hold it in my body. Exactly. Because if you don't hold it in your chakras, then your chakras aren't going to track the same energy to you over and over again. If your chakra is all dark from having a bad relationship, chakras draw to them the same energy so that you have put there. It's like you're saying, this is what I want even though it's actually the opposite. It's what you don't want. But it's you're the pattern it, that you have to unlearn. Right. Your chakras, your, the way your chakra system is, is you draw to you what you put there. So, okay. you know, it's like, this is what I believe. So you, the chakra system believes that that's what you want. So if you have this darkness, then you're going to draw another partner that's going to do the same thing to you. Okay. So you're better off to to say, no, you don't have to forgive him or her that hurt you. Just, I don't want this energy in my body anymore. I'm releasing it and sending it back to you. So we don't have to do this game anymore. I want it out of my chakras. I want it out of my body. I'm going to see my second chakra is shiny and bright, beautiful, tangerine maybe some rose for some romance a little bit of gold bone hurt but not any of that dark energy anymore and then what's our first chakra your first chakra has to do with your root energy just like you think of a root of a tree tapping into the ground and gathering energy it gathers up energy and charges up all of your chakra system it's like a key in the motor of a car you put in the key and Chichung, everything runs. Your root chakra should be like a bright, shiny red. And a lot of people, they just can't decide if they want to be in their body or they don't want to be in their body. And then their root chakra turns like a dark, dark blue or just gets real fuzzy. And that's not good because then they're tired all the time. And, you know, you're in a body, so let's be in their body. You know, why not? try it out (laughs) Um, but 
it's very important to be in your body and uh, it's very good for you. It's much better. Once you're in your body, your root chakra is functioning properly, bright, shiny red, and you choose to be there and you choose to be vital, then your whole system will run better and you can run Kundalini energy, which is this very beautiful energy. You can run all the way up your body and, you know, then you feel much more vibrant and alive and happy and everything works better. Okay. So I've heard you talk about entities a lot as well. What's the difference between like a negative, like core belief or thought and an entity? Over time, sometimes you can have an idea and then maybe you could take that idea and you could, maybe draw a picture of it and then you could make a plan and you could decide to make that into a house and then you could build that house, you know, and that's kind of a progression in a way. An entity is the same. You could start out with a thought and then maybe that thought gets a little darker. Like say if it was a relationship, Oh, I love this person. Then that person hates me. Well, now I don't like them so much. Now I hate them. Now I wish they were dead. Now I'm thinking of all the ways I could kill them. And this gets darker and darker and darker. Well, as it gets darker, it it goes from loving, beautiful gold energy to maybe red energy and red and dark energy to black energy. And then that black energy starts to attract other black energy or dark energy from other places because things attract the more energy they have in them the more they attract darkness. And then pretty soon that black energy starts to kind of have its own little personality. It begins to be like a little, instead of a thought, it's a little bit more like a creature. Okay. And and it will begin to develop like little, uh, you know, maybe little arms and little legs or antennae or something. And now it can kind of go away from you and come back and go off to someone else and come back. And then it can start to cause you serious problems. So, and then let's say you die. Well, then here's this little thing that you made with all your hatred and, and your, your angst and your sadness and whatever. And it doesn't die. So it just goes off and it finds somebody else that's, uh, you know, really hateful. And maybe they have an, one of these two and it, that just jumps together and they become a little bit bigger one, you know, and now it's maybe was two inches and now it's four inches and it becomes an entity. And then somebody, you know, comes along that's really, really angry and it goes, well, I'll go to them. I've actually been in shamanic healing big healing groups where they're doing a big ceremony healing and i've watched entities drop off people that were letting them go in healing and it would watch this entity like look kind of like a black crab like on the floor kind of turn look sort of like was looking this way this way where do i go oh and then kind of go over to somebody and start to crawl up them and then i i saw this woman like sort of moving her shoulder like what's that like I've got a bug on me and and then shake it off and then it kind of fell off and then it went to another one and then it just crawled up this other woman and kind of wrapped around her waist and she didn't seem to notice at all whoa yeah whoa is right that's why I tell people wear white when you're in a ceremony because when an entity lets go it's going to go to the darkest thing in the room and that includes fabric color wow okay but, good, to, good to know. Right. So you're going to track things that are of your vibration. Of course, if you're not, you know, hateful or anything, you're not going to attract it. But if you're totally into hate and, and angry, anguish, whatever, you will attract more of the same. Can you share maybe one of your more memorable chakra readings? I can tell you one that I think was very phenomenal. There was this little girl. And, you know, when I do chakra readings, I tell people, uh, I used to do them in person, but I would tell people, don't tell me anything, you know, we'll meet up and don't tell me anything. I don't want to know your history. I don't want to know anything. 
So this little girl came in with her mother. She was about maybe six years old. She had around her face, covering her eyes, the top of her head, and most of her nose, a very dark, completely black entity that also was stabbing her in the side of the head and then had tentacles that wrapped around and were stabbing her on either side of the neck. Whoa. She was bent forward and and she looked miserable. So this was affecting her physical posture. Quite a bit, quite a bit. And I looked at the mother and I said, okay, so she has really, really bad headaches. And the mother said, every single day for years. And I said, and she throws up a lot. And she says, almost every day. I said, okay. I said, well, one thing I'm going to tell you first, stop all the tests. Because you're not going to find anything. And the mother just took this huge breath and almost started crying. And she said, we have almost bankrupted the entire family doing tests to try to figure this out. And I said, well, stop all the tests because you're not going to find anything on a test. Then I put my hands on either side of this thing and I just said, love and light, love and light. And the girl rocked back, you know, and her head came up and the mother said, what did you do? And I said, I'm just seeing if it's reactive, if it can be healed. And I said, and it can, because it was, it was very much affected by, by light. And I said, and that's a good thing. Sometimes they are and sometimes they aren't. And the mother said, oh, that's good, you know. Um, and I, I gave her a, a description of this, but not in quite so graphic as it was, because I didn't want to completely freak them out. They, they had been through a lot. Mm-hmm. But I said, I need to think about this for a day or two. Give me like three, four days, and then we're going to meet again. And I'll see what I can come up with. So we talked for about an hour and a half altogether. I'm giving you a very shortened version, but we talked for about an hour and a half. And then I, you know, went home. And meanwhile, of course, her family was so taken with everything that happened that several of her family members wanted to see me immediately. And one of them was her grandmother. And the girl's grandmother had a completely gold heart. She had been a school teacher all her life. And then when she retired, she started uh, for free, uh, doing tutoring for kids that couldn't read. And when I came to see her, I was like, wow, you've got such a beautiful heart. It's completely gold. And she's like, oh, I have a gold heart. That's so lovely. What a nice girl you are. You know, she was just right. <laughs> the sweetest person you'd ever hope to meet. And I said, do you spend much time with your granddaughter? And uh, she said, yeah, I have her here, you know, two days a week. I said, you know, do you know you could heal your granddaughter with your heart? And she goes, oh, I could do that. That's so lovely. You know, (laughs) (laughs) like, yes, you could. She says, what do I do? And I said, I want you to aim your gold heart at her head, you know. And uh, she says, can I do that? I said, yes, you can, you know. So she started doing that and then the whole rest of the family goes well do I have color and I said yes you do I'm gonna well I'm gonna aim blue you know and I'm gonna aim green and you know I go great you know and uh, so that's what they all started doing and I saw her about uh, six months later and if I had never seen her before I'd still go whoa this is intense but there was this kind of dark red entity on her forehead a little bit not sticking into her anywhere and it had a little bit of a dark edge on one place and then there was this kind of red cross in her throat and I said no more headaches and she said no and I said but you're still throwing up once in a while and her mom said no and she said yes and her mom looked at me and and I said well mom she's got a cross in her throat so she might not tell the truth (laughs) (laughs) But she was so much better. She was able to go to school. She was getting better. And I said, well, it must be grandma with the gold. And her dad's like, well, I'm sending her blue. And the mom's like, I'm sending her this. And I said, you're all. But it was probably grandma. You know, you're, well, well, all of them. You know, I said, you're all doing it. Actually, in reality, 
all of your love is healing her. You switched, you made that heart change from trying to find some bizarre medical treatment to healing her with your hearts. And I don't know how she got this horrible dark thing. I don't know if she was born with it or what, but they healed her with their heart energy. And that went from being a disaster for the entire family to really life affirming for the whole family. And it was miraculous for this little girl. Wow. And they had a really open family where they had gone through the options and were willing to try something like this. I think we all have a friend or know someone that might be sick, uh, but not willing to do a change of heart or not willing to put the power into thinking love and light and a cure. What can we do to help those people that just maybe don't necessarily believe about uh, the chakra systems or. Well, you can't be too pushy with them. Everybody comes to it in their own time. Even these folks, you know, it wasn't like really their thing. They were very tentative about meeting me. And it was only because someone had really, really recommended it. And again, they were completely at their wits end. Um, You know, and I tell people, well, the good news and the bad news, the bad news is, I'm the last of the last resorts. The good news is people heal when they see me. So, you know, you've wound up in the right place. But it's difficult because it is tricky for people to try to, to make a major change in their lifestyle and in their and what they believe. And it's their right to believe what they believe. Right. So when you're trying to get them to try something new, it's what you believe and, and you trust. But I'm always reluctant to take away someone's belief system when they don't really have any trust in this new thing. Right. So do you have to just be gentle and give them time and give them as much information as they're willing to hear and then leave the rest up to the angels. Right. Which sometimes is, you know, harder, harder to do, but. Trust. It all comes down to trust. Right. Right. I mean, it's harder, harder to do when you think like, well, the, the solution could be so simple, but if the person's just unwilling, then they're just unwilling. Willingness is a, is a giant key to everything in the universe. I mean, willingness is a high, one of the highest states of enlightenment that there you can get to. You have to be willing. We have free will. Right. Willing to change your life. Yes. Willing to have a better life. Willing to be happy. Willing to be in love. Willing to have what you need. The choice is up to you. I like that. I like that a lot. Now you're doing remote viewing, so you're not seeing people in person although you could if they were in your area. How do you connect to do these readings remote? Actually, the way I do the reading is the same. It was actually a little more difficult doing it in person. It's always been the same. Uh, A remote viewing is not actually seen in the way that I see ghosts or the way I see other energy. Remote viewing is connecting to the one beam of energy that is that person and out of all the beams of energy in the world. And because I'm connecting to their beam of energy with the assistance of their angels, it doesn't matter where they are. I've done reading. I did a reading for someone in Sweden just the other day. I've done them for people in Mexico and Colorado, thousands of miles away all the time the angels connect me to that one beam. I see that little one beam of light. And then I am able to get all the information that I believe I'm supposed to tell them at that time. And then I just write that down and doesn't matter if I'm with them or not. The only difference is sometimes when I'm with them, 
I can also look around their room. I can look at their mom. I can say, wow, is there any, you know, is there a demon in the house? Is there ghosts in this house? Is something else going on? But basically the process is the same. I take that, that information and then I write that down. And then I might ask an angel, this feels like this, you know, does this lead to a past life? And sometimes I'll get a, a little vision of something from the past. Sometimes I don't. Okay. Um, just a little bit more clues sometimes. Just a little bit more clues. But um, basically, there's no less information when I'm doing it sitting right here in my home, you know, in the Pacific Northwest than if I was in their home. It goes a little bit faster and I can do it on my own time. It took me a tremendous amount of time to drive to their home, meet the family, have a cup of tea, do a reading, right. you know, it, it took a huge amount of time. And you're not seeing people having their cup of tea or anything in their homes either. No, I don't see them. I don't see their body. I don't see them having sex or anything like that. I don't see them physically at all unless sometimes there's something very physically wrong like I had one lady I said whoa this feels like her heart and then suddenly I saw her heart and I physical heart and I could see that there was a problem with the heart okay but that's unusual okay only in those certain sometimes I can focus in on an organ or something that's something wrong and I'll actually the angels will actually show me oh look there is this or there is that in that physical organ. Gotcha. Okay. Well, this has been amazing, Mom. Thank you so much for all of the knowledge that we just learned today. Thank you so much for being with me. Mm-hmm.